catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Welcome to Africa's first 100% tech-focused radio. After talking to a few people ahead of this conversation, it seems that to experience aggression and stigma on social media platforms these days is nothing new. From Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, WhatsApp, and Twitter, you often hear the words dragged, sobbed, etc. Also, the number of suicides by young people affected by either aggression or stigma seem to be increasing. And while we may think that we've never stigmatized or been aggressive or bullied anyone before, we may ignorantly be enablers or victims who fail to speak up and just man up or woman up to these acts of stigma and aggression. While a psychologist will want to approach it from the angle of the mind and behavioral patterns and evolution, these insecurities are on the social media platforms and the cyberspace and should be viewed from the lens of cybersecurity, which is a growing area of study and practice in the tech ecosystem. Some would say that the world is even more peaceful now that we do not have as many physical wars. Well, globally, the absolute number of war deaths has been declining since 1946, but conflict and violence are currently on the rise, with many conflicts today waged between non-state actors such as political militias, criminals, and international terrorist groups. These days, most of these non-state actors resort to using social media platforms to influence and carry out their actions. While we often think of aggression as purely in physical forms such as hitting or pushing, psychological aggression can also be very damaging. Intimidating or verbally berating another person, etc. are all examples of verbal, mental and emotional aggression. Note that stigma is not just associated with physical deformities and mental illnesses, but also to identification with a particular race, ethnicity, religion, ideology, etc. It is sad to know that in a publication by IOL in October 2019, which was according to the South Africa Depression and Anxiety Group, suicide was the second leading and fastest growing cause of death among young South Africans in the 15 to 25 age group, accounting for about 9% of all teenage deaths. It's also said that for every suicide, there were believed to be at least 12 suicide attempts. While some people have a genetic tendency towards depression, others develop it as a result of loneliness and social isolation, bullying, loss, abuse, and conflict. And according to the report, social media is a catalyst that this generation is often having to contend with. A study of how social media affects the mental health of young people found that increased participation in social media networks was associated with increased psychological distress, with the effects almost twice as severe among girls. Cyberbullying is a leading cause of this distress, but will we have to ban social media so as to escape this? According to a recent International Center for Media and Public Affairs study, Students around the world reported that being attached to digital technology all day is not just a habit. It is essential to the way they construct and manage their friendship and their social lives. It is crucial that we understand both the positive and negative side of social media, thereby putting cyberbullying into context and appreciating its place amidst all of the benefits and opportunities that arise from digital connections. There's been a conversation about social media, aggression and stigma, but little or nothing has been talked about from the angle of cybersecurity and insecurities. 
Today, we have a cybersecurity researcher and content creator, an educator and advocate, author and public speaker. Our guest is also the director of ICT at Spiriton University, Nochi, Abia in Nigeria, and the convener coalition for women professionals, Choma Chigozi Okum. That's our guest for today. Are social media platforms really foiling aggression and stigma in our communities? Because there seems to be more aggression and stigma on these platforms. So social media has become a safe haven for people to use to push the narrative of stigmatization, violence, cyberbullying. And most of this we trace to the fact that there is a, a theory which we call routine theory. This theory said that most times for a cyber attack or crime to occur, there are three situations. First of all, there must be a target. There will also be lack of security and then motivation for an offender. So if you look at social media, social media gives us these three situations. There is always a target, which can be you, which can be me. And then there is lack of security because most times we just operate on cruise control, almost on cruise control online. And then there is always a motivation for the aggressor who wants to, you know, push his narratives or push his intentions down the throat of the victim, whether they want to hear it or not. And then because social media gives us uh, the opportunity to hide behind a keyboard, you can find out that your aggressor might be somebody who is even smaller than you in size, in physical size, or even someone that is beneath you in academic qualifications, in social status. That is why I tell people that cyberbullying, online aggression can happen to anybody because we've seen celebrities like the young man that acted Black Panther, may he so rest in peace, as huge as his fan base were, or as big as he was a celebrity, people trolled him when he started losing weight without knowing the actual issues that he was facing. You've seen people even throw the president of the United States, you know, online because we have this enabling environment and most people are using it for the negative intentions. Widespread misinformation, fake news, disinformation, all on social media. It's been a source of worry and governments across the world have announced plans to regulate the social media space at one time or another. Now, social media platforms, they've also made promises to clamp down on these ills and find a way to curtail them. From a cybersecurity expert's view, someone who's researched on cybersecurity, especially in our environment, Nigeria, Africa, and also as an educator who has worked in this space. Are these stakeholders going about this issue the wrong way or the right way? Well, with the thing with service providers, let's take, for example, Facebook, trying to pick out these attacks. Most of them are doing their best. Sometimes you see them flagging accounts. Sometimes you see them banning users. Sometimes you see them closing down accounts entirely when they identify that these accounts are used to push aggression, are used to push violence and all that. They are doing their best, actually. Uh, but I, first of all, before I, I talk about the service provider, let me talk about the governments trying to censor or ban. You know, there is a trade-off between this freedom of speech and the fundamental human rights and trying to regulate how people use these technologies. If you want to say you want to ban Facebook because of hate speech, because of fake news and all that, you are now throwing away the baby with the bathwater. 
So we keep emphasizing that these platforms could be regulated. But the problem with regulating it is that the criminal elements or the unscrupulous elements that use these social media platforms to push their narrative, they are very sly. You know, they find ways of evading. Most times you see people, they want to type a hate word. They will type it in vernacular. You understand? Because they know that most of the artificial intelligence on the platform have been trained to pick out all those hate words. You see them using vernacular, broken English, pidgin English, and some of them will now insert special characters in between the words so as to evade these AIs picking out on these words. So it just creates uh, more work for those in the field to find ways of also identifying these words even when they are being masked and even when they are being quoted to evade these security apparatus that have been put in place to pick out these words. I will not say that regulators and the owners of these platforms are not doing well. They are doing their best, but this is a call for more work because if we are on the space to encourage everybody to be free and interact, then we must create a near safe haven so that people don't leave social media because of the experiences that they always come in contact with through the most of these aggressors and bullies and all that. Yeah, so you mentioned a very important point, how people try to evade the AI and the algorithms that are used to fish out words or expressions that tend to be cyber bullying words. Now, over time, people have lost trust in the AI, the promises that artificial intelligence will help solve the issue of online aggression or stigma or cyberbullying. Some people even feel that these algorithms sometimes are more divisive and the tech companies need some of these sparkle points to maintain the buzz around their platform. Is there a ploy to raise cyber insecurities so as to provide relevance for players in the field? Or is aggression and stigma and cyberbullying or bullying generally just a human factor that we cannot wish away must be there when we're on the social media space? Well, saying that these attacks are engineered so as to keep these players in business this is just from someone's point of view. There are no statistics to back these claims up. With regards to cyberbullying, cyberbullying is not new. Because as old as man have existed, there is always competition. I am better than you. I am finer than you. I am slimmer than you. I am fatter than you. So the internet just provided these aggressors and bullies a faster way you know, to carry out their actions. So as long as we are existing as humans, with our individual differences, dynamics, and the idiosyncrasies. And as long as we are a competitive being, you know, there will always be bullying online. But the issue now is how do we as individuals try to bring these things down? Like I tell people all the time, most times we are enablers. I came up with a pyramid, you know, a pyramidal infograph that I use to describe the cyberbullying pyramid. You know, you have the bully. At the apex of the pyramid, you have enablers, you are at the center, and then you have the victim carrying the weight of both the bully and the enablers. Hmm. So most of us, we, we see these things and we keep quiet. Sometimes we share this content, we tag our friends, come and read. 
we we make this video we even move them from one platform to the other increasing the spread most times we do these things for fun or to catch crews in parentheses that is the word that is used most time we want to catch crews want to is for the laughs you know and all that but we are indirectly pushing and increasing the spread of these things and placing more burden on the victim so it's it now brings us to the point where there should be an advocacy of people understanding when they are enabling these aggressions online and training themselves to restrain. There are times I will see a post online personally, if it were before, I will share it or I will tag my friends to come and read or I will even comment. But these days, when I see these things, I will just look at them and I will pass because a comment I make there will make it more visible for those on my network to come and also start enabling this thing. So this is the point where we should start attacking these things from. From a responsibility angle, where you are responsible, I am responsible, and we take responsibilities for these things, and we try to see how we can solve the issue and create a safer place for ourselves, for our friends, for the upcoming generation, because if we don't start fighting these things, it will get worse to the point that more people will begin to take their lives, more violence will begin to erupt because we decided to go the path of inactivity. Yeah, so before we go into personal and communal responsibility and education, let's just touch a little bit on the novel coronavirus and the impact it has made. The COVID-19 made us realize a lot of things and put certain issues in proper perspective. A lot of people had to work remotely. People had to do their religious duties remotely. More relationships were built and sustained online. Also, a lot of cybersecurity issues came up and we all had to deal with them. Rising misinformation, fake news became more widespread, cyberbullying became more entrenched, online stigma and aggression, just to mention a few. What kind of impact did the COVID-19 pandemic have on cyber insecurities on the social media space, especially here in Nigeria? And should we look forward to having more of it or will it just dwindle with time? Okay, during the peak of the COVID-19 lockdown, I personally embarked on a research which I tried to identify the state of cyber insecurities in Nigeria and I sampled online users. The results of that research showed a spike in cyber insecurities, you know. There is a theory which I always used to talk about, that is a situational crime theory. This situational crime theory tells us that criminals tend to blossom when the situations present themselves. And COVID-19 presented a perfect situation for online attacks, cyber attacks. Why? Because everybody was confused, vulnerable, we didn't have information, we didn't know how long these things were actually going to last. People stopped working, salaries stopped coming. Then suddenly they started having cases of palliatives here and there. Which one was fake. So at the end of the research, we found out that lack of proper information was one of the reasons that made so many people to fall victims of the cyber attack. Because you wake up in the morning and then you see something on your WhatsApp that the federal government is sharing 20,000 palliatives. Click on links. The average person who has been at home for like two weeks with no salary, with no money, no food. The next thing is actually fishing lakes that are intended to be used to harvest your vital banking uh, details and all that. So you found out that with uh, COVID-19, there was a sporadic. And these insecurities were more like Facebook, Instagram and all that. 
And then I also began to question myself, why are we not having these fights on LinkedIn and other professional sites? It all boils down to the same fundamental issues, lack of information, lack of access to the right information. And, you know, most of us don't know the right things to do at the right time. These cyber insecurities are going to be there, but it is a clarion call for us to look at how do we combat them? How do we let people become more aware of what they should do? Cyber security best practices, cyber safety hygienic practices, so that we protect our people from these issues as they come. Now, going into the education of people let's start with communities governments groups of people how do you advise that countries or communities so that we don't make it look it's like it's a very big thing communities across mm. africa go about the education of the young and the younger generation to stem the tide of this growing cyber aggression and social media stigma the our realities is that our lives have moved online that is the reality that we should all face. You know, if we could now study online, we could now worship online, we could now trade online, you know, we could now do almost basically everything online. Then it begins to raise the issue that there should be an orientation of a sort that should start from the national level and cascade down to the community level. We should begin to speak about cyber safety, cyber security in the language of the people, in the local languages, using videos, using music videos, using movies, you know, on radio. I want to commend you for what you're doing. You know, we should have so much more of these activities. You know, the billboards on the roads should also begin to bear this information you know, this road signs. We can gather people in communities, you know, and talk to them in their native language. Because if you say, I don't do Facebook, I don't do Instagram, you have a bank account that has forced you to carry an ATM card. And you are also vulnerable, you know. Someone can send you a text message that can spoil your mood for the whole day. So we are all involved one way or the other. So advocating for cyber safety, cyber best practices and hygienic practices is something that we need to start singing the way we sang the song of when we had outbreak of HIV, the way we sang the song against human trafficking and all these ills that have been before in our society. So that people even begin to understand that most of these actions are actually criminal because if you don't know that what you are doing is bad, most times you won't even be able to stop. But when you identify that I'm actually part of a syndicate that is pushing aggression, pushing bullying, you know, it makes you to sit back and call yourself to other and stop involving in this activity. So it is a task that has befallen every single individual in the society. And we are also looking at ways we can partner with the government agencies, NGOs and all that to take the messages, even for community leaders to take the messages home to the people that actually need to hear these things in the language that they understand most importantly. Now to the young people who are mostly usually online, to those who are usually being dragged and to those who are enablers of it through either sharing, commenting or just for the laughs and for crews participate and enjoy the ride. What's your take? What do you have to tell them? Yeah. The first thing I will say is that cyberbullying, online aggression, trolling, as we call it, catching crews, could cost someone their lives. So let us begin to look at these things from how serious they are. You know, it could cost someone their lives. It could cause someone to lose a reputation that they've built over a lifetime. 
So if we understand these things, it will also help us to follow a few strategies that can be used to mitigate against these things. For the enablers, I tell them, always put yourself in the shoes of the victim, who you are sharing, who you are tagging, who you are catching crews on their story. Put yourself in their shoes because, like they say, it could be anybody. It is me today, it could be you tomorrow. That is for enablers. Try to grow yourself to the point where you see yourself, you know, you have this emotional intelligence and you empathically see yourself in the next person before you carry out any activities online. And then for the victims, I always say that we should always try to report. There are sections in Nigeria, for example, in the Nigerian Cyber Crime Act of 2015, punishes offenders of cyber bullying. Even jail sentences, if this cyberbullying leads to someone causing either a bodily harm to themselves or even taking their lives. So we should try to report. And when we report these things, there should also be proper investigation uh, so that the victims get the justice that they deserve. And for the victims, I will always tell them, don't respond. When someone is trying to troll you, drag you, don't respond. Because when you respond, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire already. So don't respond. And to someone you can talk to at that point, because I can understand that has to be a very low moment in someone's life and a very bad place to be, you know. And then we should also understand the emotional state of people before we begin to write things about them or talk about them online. Sometimes you might have the best intentions, but people may have a very vulnerable or volatile mental state. And then you write things that any other person can see as normal. And then they begin to see it as you are beginning to aggress them or you're beginning to hurt them. So let's be very sensitive. Let's grow our emotional intelligence. And also let us learn to put ourselves in the shoes of others. And yes, we've been speaking to a cybersecurity researcher and content creator, an educator, an advocate, author and public speaker. Our guest is the director of ICT at Spiritan University, Nochi, Abia State in Nigeria, and the convener Coalition for Women Professionals. Our guest has been Choma Chugozie Okwum. Thank you very much for the time and for the insight today. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.